Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Teen Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. How is everybody? You know, I just want to say last week I titled my episode MTV Do Better, and I feel like they listened to me. (laughs) MTV did better. Boy, did they do better. What a week, guys. What a week. I'm going to be honest, I did not watch Being Simon yet. I think I'm going to watch it this week and talk about it next week. This was just a really good episode. I just want to focus on this. And I also don't care that much about Simon. I heard Farrah narrates the whole thing. Simon doesn't even narrate it. I don't really understand why it's called Being Simon and not Being Farrah. But, you know, (laughs) we'll get to it next week. By the way, next week, if you're in Chicago, we're doing a huge Emotionally Broken Psychos meetup. I will be in Chicago. Molly McLear, Troy McGeady. I think that's it for people on-air talent, if you will. But a ton of us are going to be there. Maria, who was featured on, I think, my favorite Feathers in My Hair episode, which was Josh McKenzie, 16 and Pregnant, will be there. Who else is going to be there? Our associate producer, will be there. Her name is Nicole. She's so fucking amazing. Hopefully she'll be there unless her back hurts. Jay, who does all of our social media, will be there. Basically, everybody from fun from the Facebook group that lives anywhere in the Midwest seems to be there. And then me, who's coming from Florida, and Molly, who's coming from LA. I'm so excited. I hope to see you all there. If you have any questions about it, come on over to our Facebook page, Emotionally Broken Psychos, or, you know, hit me up on Twitter and I will let you know of the details. It's going to be great. That's Saturday the 21st in Chicago. I can't remember the name of the restaurant off the top of my head, but we're going to be in Chicago all weekend. So the Emotionally Broken Psychos are taking Chicago and I'm quite excited about it. So I just want to get right into the episode and (sighs) do we start with Janelle? I think we start with Janelle. Because here's the thing, this week has been absolutely fucking insane with Janelle. The reaction to her episode was, I, a lot. It was a lot. Um, I, (laughs) I'm not totally sure how to classify it, but CPS got probably hundreds of phone calls. People were calling for boycotts of MTV, were hashtagging Save Kaiser. People on Reddit, on Twitter, on Facebook lost their fucking minds over this episode. Now, do I think Janelle was great this episode? No, I don't. Do I think David is abusive? Possibly. But this was probably one of the most (laughs) overreacting online responses I have seen in a long, long, long time. So the episode starts with Janelle letting us know that she picked a date for their wedding. And we see Janelle, like, changing Ensley's diaper. And she's talking to her in a baby voice. And it's very weird. I've never seen Janelle interact with any of her children that way. I mean, it's good. I'm not knocking Janelle for this. It's just 
kind of startling to see when she like she's changing the baby's diaper and she's like I'm so good at this I can do this quick don't I baby like actually talking to her with a baby voice it it, it was shocking to say the least <laughs> and we see David like painting this fence for the save the date it says save the date November 23rd 2017 it's actually a pretty cute idea and in the end I did really like how their save the dates came out I thought it was a cute clever idea but we get a later that day and the crew pulls up in the crew minivan and Janelle calls Kristen and basically says, Dave and I are fighting. We're not doing the pictures. The photographer's not coming and hangs up the phone. And apparently she had been texting the other producer who I don't know if we know her name saying that Janelle and David had been fighting all day. Ensley's asleep now, but they're screaming at each other. They're crying. He won't stop putting her down and calling her stupid Basically, I would assume a typical Janelle and David fight. (laughs) I mean, this is what Janelle does, guys. Like, is David abusive? Probably. Probably. But the fact is, Janelle is also abusive. She is an abusive person. She's an angry person. She's a hurtful person. Janelle picks men that respond to that. Janelle is not somebody that has constructive conversations with her significant other. So it's hard for me to be like, David locked her in the house and was abusing her. I'm just not sure I buy that. I'm just not sure. I think most likely it was an equal fight. (laughs) I hope it wasn't physical. The kids were there, minus Jace, but Kaiser and Marissa and Ensley were there. I just, I don't know. I find people to use examples of David being weird on camera as like positive evidence that he's beating the shit out of her even though we have seen on multiple multiple occasions that Janelle is almost always the instigator in fights and that Janelle is the one that pushes and pushes and pushes at her boyfriends no I'm not saying if David is hitting her that it's Janelle's fault I hope you guys understand that I just I'm not so ready to get on board with like David is the most abusive boyfriend Janelle's ever had. I'm just not on board there yet. But it's a weird scene. It's upsetting. David sends a text basically saying that, well, he sent, Janelle sends, sends a text to Kristen letting her know that David is saying, if you don't leave my house, you'll be escorted by the police and you have five minutes before I call. Which is crazy. That's crazy. Like, these people are just here to do their job. This is what they're supposed to do. I understand that David and Janelle don't want to fight in front of the cast. Or, excuse me, in front of the crew. But, like, the crew has to drive 45. They live out in the boonies, guys. The hotel, apparently, that they stay in is, like, an hour away from where Janelle lives. And the crew drives out. They have a scheduled plan. And then David threatens to call the police on them for being on their property. I wonder what it feels like to be the crew and have to deal with Janelle and David. Awful. So it's the next day, and the producers go over to the house, and if you notice, like, creepy, crawly music starts to play. And production goes inside, and Janelle is like, we're fine. Everything's fine. Janelle is on, I'm guessing, two Zanny bars. (laughs) She's... Janelle is in Stepford wife mode, which is a very weird place for her to be. I feel like it's not a natural place for her to be. 
It's not a place I feel comfortable with her. She's like holding the baby and like lovingly looking down and smiling at the baby. Uh, it's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. And Kristen's like, so are you guys better today? And Janelle's like, <laughs> we're fine. And Kristen's like, okay, well, you know what happened? And Janelle pops up and she's like, do you want to see my jellyfish? It <laughs> Yeah, she asked if they wanted to see her jellyfish, which I think David got her for Mother's Day. It's like a weird jellyfish container. I don't I don't really understand how it works. It kind of looks like a lava lamp. And Kristen walks over and like looks at it and Janelle's like, "Don't they look happy?" <laughs> and it's it's so bizarre. If you haven't watched the episode, I would really recommend watching this scene. Because it's really hard to recap. You just have to watch Janelle and, like, the way she's moving and the look on her face. First of all, she looks beautiful because she's all done up. Her hair is done. Her makeup's done. She's in a great outfit. She, it's honestly, like, one of her best looks ever. She looks great. Her outfit's so flattering on her, which she has problems with a lot. But really, who doesn't? And she is just acting so creepy, crawly. I... Ugh. It just made me feel not right. So Kristen's like, okay, well, when are you going to take the pictures? And Janelle's like, oh, well, we decided last minute instead of going to the photographer, we could do it ourselves. <laughs> and this is just classic Janelle where she's pretending like the day before it didn't happen. Now, is Janelle pretending that the day before it didn't happen because she just doesn't want to talk about the fight on camera? Possibly. A lot of people are saying this is because David won't allow her to talk about the fight on camera. But I'm not so sure. I can understand why if you had a big fight, you would not want to talk about it on camera the next day. Because MTV is going to chop and screw your conversation into anything they want it to be. Much like they did with this scene. You know, part of the reason the scene was so weird was because of the way they cut it. They were doing a lot of fast cuts in the music they were playing. I think if they had, like, been playing happy music and Kristen's voice wasn't being like, so what happened? It was just like, oh, how are you guys today? This scene wouldn't have been nearly as weird. But David says, well, we weren't fighting yesterday. And Kristen's like, what? <laughs> and David's like, no, fight. I don't think we fight. We fought. Did we fight, babe? And Janelle's like, not making a noise and doing a weird smile. Now, I'm I'm just not sure how I feel about this whole conversation they had. Because part of me is like, holy shit, David won't let her talk about the fight on camera. And he's being controlling and weird. But I think David says a lot of stuff that he means to Janelle as kind of a joke that does not read to the rest of us as a joke. And I think this might be one of them. I think that when he says, like, we weren't fighting yesterday, like, he's being sarcastic because he knows that everybody knows that they fought since he literally threatened to call the police on MTV. Like, he knows that they know, but he doesn't want to talk about it on camera, and so the way to be, like, for him to be funny about it is to be like, we didn't fight, did we, babe? It's like he's being sarcastic, but he's very not good at getting his sarcasm across, this is just, like, what I've been reflecting on, I think, happened. Because when I initially watched it, I was like, holy shit, this is so weird. He's being really controlling. 
and I think this is true for a lot of David's scenes that when I initially watch them, I think he's being like a lunatic. He's being crazy. But then I will watch back or I think on it more. I'll watch a clip and I think, was he being controlling or is that David's version of being funny? Because he knows that they know that they fought. He knows that it's going to be talked about. He knows it's going to be included in the episode. So if he really wanted to be controlling and wanted to be an asshole, he'd be like, Chris, we're not fucking talking about it, which is what he ends up doing. But the reason I think he just is like trying to play it off like a haha is that he like gives such a ridiculous answer. It's like me learning sarcasm when I was about eight. Or Jace, who's learning sarcasm at the moment, which I'll get into. I feel like that's what David's doing. So Kristen kind of keeps digging. I don't think she's being outrageous or unnecessary, but she's like, it's like, people fight. We we know you fought, though. We were here. You guys, like, wouldn't let us in. And David puts on those Oakley sunglasses of his and is like, you know what, Chris, like, Kristen, I don't want to fucking talk about this. Like, why don't you focus on the good stuff? And this is why I really think he was just joking he was trying to keep it light and like set i think he was trying to keep it light and send a signal to mtv like we don't want to talk about this i mean is it right that he's speaking for janelle absolutely not but this is the reality of the situation so i think he was trying to keep it light and then when kristen wouldn't stop that's when he was like he kind of dropped his like i'm i know sarcasm thing puts on his sunglasses is like fuck this you guys should focus on the fucking positive and says he has to go to the hardware store to get stuff for my wedding date and like storms out. It just, it's a bizarre, it's a very bizarre scene that on initial watch, I was kind of terrified of. Oh, I need to stop what I'm doing and mention the fact that Janelle had deleted her Twitter. Well, on Sunday, she had tweeted something like, I got a call from my director. He apologized for what's about to happen in this episode. Then she deletes her Twitter. So before watching this, I, along with anybody else that cares, which is all of us losers who are participating and listening to this podcast, I would actually say I'm queen loser and you guys are like way below me in that you're not nearly as much of losers because you didn't make a fucking podcast about teen mom. It's so funny. Sometimes people on podcast reviews, which by the way, if you want a good laugh, you should read some of my podcast reviews because people really hate me. <laughs> if you do like this show, please uh, subscribe and leave me a podcast review that's positive. But the negative ones are really funny and half hurt my feelings, but half just make me like crack the fuck up. And some of them are like, why the fuck do you have a podcast talking about teen mom? Like get a life. And I'm just wondering when I ever presented myself as somebody that has a life because I have very little life. I, I just do. I've never been a person that has a large life. I don't love to go out and do things. I like to lay around in my house. I like to be on Reddit all day. Before Reddit, it was LiveJournal. Before LiveJournal, was AIM. Before AIM, it was AOL. I like to be on the computer. I like to binge watch TV. I like to talk to my friends via text message. I like to see them occasionally. I've always had a lot of inter internet friends that I've been very close with and sometimes closer than people in my real life. I don't have much of a life. So if you're wondering why I have a Team Mom podcast and why I'm so involved in Team Mom drama, you can remember it's because Liz has little to no life. And she's okay with that. You know, I'm 29 years old. I am who I am. I like being me. 
I don't know how I got off on that tangent. But Janelle deleted her Twitter. So I along, oh, so I along with everybody else who has no life was watching this episode like kind of on high alert because we knew something bad was going to happen. Something bad enough that caused Janelle to to delete her Twitter. Is it back? She's back on Instagram. She posted something that I'll read at the end of the episode at the end of her segment. But I don't know if she's back on Twitter yet, which would be crazy if she's not back on Twitter. Oh my god, she's not back on Twitter yet. Wow. Janelle is still off Twitter almost a full week later. That is crazy. Wow. Janelle, I'm actually proud of her. You know, some are saying she's off Twitter because David's going to murder her and first forces her to be off Twitter. But this is a positive improvement for her to actually delete her Twitter and stay off for more than 12 hours. But anyway, we were all on extremely high alert and I watched a scene and I was like, oh, this is why she got off Twitter because she didn't want people, you know, confronting her about the fact that David was being really fucking weird on camera. And he came off really controlling. And I figured this was the scene that she was talking about that the director called and kind of apologized for her. Little did I know what was going to happen at the end of the episode. But we get our next scene of Janelle driving to pick up Jace. She has Ensley in the car. She has to get Kaiser too. And she Barbara calls and she picks up the phone and she says, hello. And Barbara screams, did you book Jace's birthday party yet? Just like, no hello, no how are you, just a scream. And I'll be honest, I was very frustrated by that. And if I was Janelle, I probably would have started yelling too. This is the problem with Janelle and Barbara is that neither one of them have any idea how to communicate. And Janelle already is so frustrated by everything that Barbara says to her that when Barbara just like comes out of the bat swinging, like it's not going to be a productive conversation. Secondly, why would Barbara allow Janelle to plan Jace's birthday party? Either have two birthday parties for him or you plan it and you let Janelle come. It seems irresponsible to allow Janelle to plan it. It just seems like Barbara's setting herself up for a fight with Janelle. And you guys know that I think that Barbara does that sometimes, that she sets herself up to fight with Janelle. She had to have known Janelle was going to let her down and not plan this party the way that she wanted her to plan it. So right away, Janelle is on offense, of course, because Barbara picked up the phone screaming and she's like, no. I just did Kaiser's birthday, and I believe Kaiser's birthday is in June and August. Jace's birthday is in August, so it's not like they're right next to one another. And I did David's party, and I've just done so many birthday parties. And then she says this, Jem, have you been helping me out? You want custody of him so bad, but you want me to plan his party so bad, and you won't give me custody of him? Ooh. Okay. Here's the thing. Why, why would Janelle say that? I think Barbara was trying, I mean, she was trying to set Janelle up for failure, but at the same time, yeah, she was like doing something nice by letting Janelle plan this birthday party. Janelle talks about custody, like, I just read this comment on Reddit, and I think it's really great. Like, Janelle acts like there's some greater conspiracy by Barbara and possibly the courts to keep Jace away from her. And that it's this big thing that the whole world is conspiring against her when it comes to having Jace. And 
anything that Barbara does that Janelle doesn't like when it comes to Jace, she just starts screaming about why won't you give me my son back if you don't want to do it. But it's like, you know, obviously Barbara didn't have you plan Jace's birthday because she, like, doesn't have time to do it. And that means she shouldn't have custody. <laughs> it's just so crazy. It's so infuriating to listen to Janelle talk about custody with Jace. It's been decided, Janelle, relax. Spend two years with your visitation plan. And then maybe you can go back to court for more custody. It probably won't work. But she is still, and she's still acting like, why won't you just give me my son back? Like, they can, now a court is involved. A therapist has testified. She can't, Barbara can't just give Janelle Jace. Like, it's not just her decision. A judge would have to sign off on it. I think Janelle just wants Barbara to wake up one day and be like, okay, here's your kid. TTFN, call me for Christmas. So Janelle gets to handy Hugo's to to pick up Jace. And I think it's weird that they let us know. Uh, she had put in, they put in the custody agreement. We know this from TV. That all drop-offs have to be at handy Hugo's. And they keep saying the name. And since we kind of know their custody schedule, I feel like they should block that, on, block that out on MTV. Because crazies could go and just chill out at handy Hugo's all day Sunday or Friday and wait for them to be picked up. I don't know. I think that should be, every time she says Handy Hugo's, it should be bleeped out. Although I like them screaming about Handy Hugo's. I'm not going to lie. So Janelle pulls up. She rolls down the window and she's like, Jace, come on, hurry. I got to get Kaiser. And Barbara storms up to the, the car and says, he went to therapy today. The therapist wants you to do therapy sessions with him alone, not bringing David with you. And Janelle's like, yeah, I know I'm going to do therapy with him. And then Barbara screams back, the therapist has never seen him have so much anxiety. I fucking hate them talking about Jace's therapy. And I especially hate them talking about Jace's therapy in front of Jace. Jace heard this whole conversation. He knows that the therapist tells Barbara, who tells Janelle, everything that he says in therapy. It's so upsetting. There's no way therapy is a safe place for him. No way therapy is a safe place for him. He... I can't imagine how stressed he feels knowing that Barbara and Janelle fight about the things that he says in therapy. Barbara needs to be in therapy, too. I'm assuming she just talks to the therapist after. They all, this family needs, like, to go away for five years just to do extensive therapy. And then they can all come out and play. So Jace gets in the car and (laughs) as Janelle pulls away, she's like, I'm sorry I got mad for a minute. It's because May May won't stop yelling at me. And Jace, okay, Jace is like me as a child between my mom and my dad. When my dad would like start yelling at my mom and then I would step in and he would yell at me for stepping in or he'd be yelling at me and my mom would step in. It was always a goddamn mess. And that's clearly what's happening here that Janelle is doing. I don't. I will say I don't think Barbara does this as to Jason. I mean, she does, but not nearly as much and as harsh as Janelle does it to Jace, where then Jace has to step in and be like, she wasn't yelling at you because he has to protect Maymay because he loves Maymay. And Maymay is his primary caregiver. I just wish, you know, it was good. Like when Janelle said, I'm sorry you had to see us arguing, I think that's good. Because I don't think it's healthy for them to just, like, pretend that they weren't arguing. But that's it. That's all it had to be. And if Jay said, well, why were you arguing? 
Janelle could have been like, you know, maybe and I get mad at each other sometimes, but we really want to work on it. And we both love you a lot. And we just want what's best for you. But the fact that Janelle constantly has to do this thing where she's like, well, May May yells at me and is mean to me. She's just putting Jace in the middle. And it sucks. It sucks for him. So they go to pick up Kaiser and it's so fucking cute because Kaiser, Janelle's like, Jace is in the car. And Kaiser's like, Jace, Jace. He's so excited to see Jace. Kaiser gets in the car and Janelle says, missed you, which was surprising to hear talk to Jace that way or Kaiser that way. And she said, I missed all of you. Did you miss me, Jace? And he said, I didn't miss you. Just kidding. Now, I have two schools of thought on this. I'm worried, and we see it in a clip for next week, too. I'm worried that Jace is now saying the things that he actually wants to say, but putting a just kidding on the end of it. Now, it's entirely possible that he's just trying to learn how to joke, because as a kid, I would do stuff like that and tell bad jokes all the time that were really mean, because I just thought it was funny. I mean, I I still am mean sometimes because I think it's funny. <laughs> I think Jace is testing the waters. I hope he's... <laughs> I don't know, guys. It's upsetting. I hope he's not just saying, just kidding, or I didn't miss you just kidding because he actually didn't miss Janelle and he's not sure how to express that. I really do hope he's just telling jokes, but we'll see. So we get to our final scene, which is the controversial scene that set everybody off that caused Chanel to threaten to quit the show that had the cast members tweeting and had hundreds of people calling CPS. Okay. So we see everybody's back on the land by the way, the land looks so beautiful in those drone shots they do. The leaves are so pretty. I'm, like, suffering in 95-degree heat here in South Florida <laughs> and really missing fall and outside scenery. I mean, the beach is beautiful. I love living at the beach. I see the water every single... I see the ocean every single day because of where I park. I see the intercoastal waterway every single day. I, I love palm trees. But I really miss beautiful, beautiful scenery and trees and just amazing, amazing. I don't know how to describe it. By the way, it's only it's going to be in the 70s, like high 60s and 70s in Chicago next week. And I wish it was going to be about 10 degrees colder. I want like a crisp, crisp, crisp fall day. But I'm sure I'll actually be freezing. I don't know what I'm talking about. So. It's time to take the engagement photos. They decided they're not going to have a photographer come out. We get a quick scene of Jace, like, or excuse me, Kaiser's picking something up that looked heavy and metal and, like, whipping it at Jace's back and then screaming, shut up, Jace, which, I don't know, Kaiser's so young. He's had just turned three years old in this picture. I understand kids, like, scream, but that was mimicking language, in my opinion. I'm sure he hears that a lot. I mean, we know he hears it a lot. There's something very aggressive about it coming from a three-year-old. I don't think we've ever heard Lincoln, like, who is a little, I think a year older than Kaiser. We've never heard Lincoln scream at Isaac that way, you know? My best friend has a four-year-old and a three-year-old, and they definitely fight and they scream at each other. And one of them even, like, will curse sometimes the way that you're supposed to curse. And it's really funny, but bad, you know, kind of like 
Do you guys watch Don't Be Tardy for the Party with Kim Zolciak and how fucking bad her kids curse? It's awful. But, I don't know. Something just sounded so grown up and aggressive the way that Kaiser screamed it. He didn't sound like a little kid. And that was worrying. So they set up the camera for the pictures and they can't find the timer for the camera. So Kristen is taking the picture. Janelle has it angled the way that she wants it. And Kaiser runs up to the camera and starts to grab it. And Janelle yells, don't fucking touch it, dude. (laughs) First of all, I'll just never grow tired of Janelle yelling, dude. And David yells, go play with your toys. They sound aggressive and mean. And it was, it's not good the way that they talk to Kaiser. And I'm not going to defend that in any way, shape, or form. David then, like, moves to Kaiser and grabs him by the arm and walks him over, speed walks him over to where Jace is playing. And is like, stay there. He can, Kaiser continues to scream. They take pictures. At one point, MTV pants to him and Kaiser is hysterically crying and yelling, feeds me. And Janelle says, ugh, he needs to go to sleep. And they basically just ignore Kaiser having to melt down to take more pictures. Now, what was so bad about that? People are literally outraged that David dragged Kaiser. Now, I wondered if I was underreacting because the internet was reacting so crazily. Is that the word that I'm looking for? I was like, you know what? I think... I am so turned off by the way that everybody's talking about this that I'm probably underreacting to it and not taking it seriously enough. But I rewatched the scene just before I filmed this. Filmed. (laughs) Just before I recorded this. And honestly, like, I don't think I was underreacting. Now, this might upset people. But David did not fucking drag Kaiser. He gripped his arm and walked him over to where Jace was. People are acting like David ripped his fucking arm out. You're allowed to take a child by his arm and move him. Was this great? No. Are David and Janelle too aggressive with Kaiser? Yes. Did CPS need to be called over this? No. When I say hundreds of people on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit are calling CPS, I'm not over-exaggerating. People on Reddit were saying that they had felt like they had blood on their hands after watching this. Um, I saw people on Twitter, like, literally creating like phone trees on who should call cps at one time somebody (laughs) this is actually hilarious i should read this somebody sent david a facebook message to try him like force him into responding which he did and this is what they said does it make you feel like a man you know putting your hands on an innocent child whom i might add aren't even yours is it because he looks like his father is that what the rage is for Are you just a piece of shit and that's how you treat all kids? The only one you probably can't touch is Jace because he's old enough to voice his concerns to Babs and expose you for all that you are. Low life piece of shit who ran into a little bit money thinking you're someone. And David's response was, I will fuck your mother straight up her ass. (laughs) It's just so outrageous. His response, he shouldn't have responded at all. But come on. You Like, what did they expect David to say? So this person sent this response to CPS and is claiming that CPS is extremely concerned with the response and they're adding it to his file because they're currently investigating him. 
what the fuck does CPS care about him, like, threatening to fuck someone's mother? Which I also saw people saying he was threatening to rape that person's mother. No, he was calling the mother a whore. It's like, come on, guys, learn your insults. But (laughs) people are going fucking nuts on Twitter. And this is what Janelle had to say about the whole episode. Oh, I missed one crucial point. So I think whoever was doing the Teen Mom 2 official MTV Twitter account that night (laughs) with somebody who doesn't watch the show. I think they threw an intern on, you know, like a young person, and they tweeted a picture of Kaiser crying, a gif of Kaiser crying with the feed me subtitle because he screamed feed me and was like me when I want pizza. And Randy responded like this really isn't funny. Randy had also tweeted something. It's not hard to be a good dad. Well, David's probably not a good dad, Randy. Okay? Um... (laughs) Randy tweeted, this isn't funny. Kale was like, do you guys have an intern running this? Like, this isn't appropriate. Chelsea tweeted, like, this just makes me upset. You shouldn't tweet this. They deleted the tweet. It it wasn't a great look. But Janelle, the next day on Instagram, posts this. Yes, me and David have our ups and downs, but yesterday's episode was uncalled for. Because David didn't feel like explaining another argument or drama on camera, they make it look as if David is hiding something some weird ass shit from the public as he was hurting me in some way. I've decided after this season, I'm probably, 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 probably calling it quits for this filming, for filming this show. I told Morgan, who's the executive producer, it's getting too out of hand and it's not healthy for us anymore. Just harming us mentally. They treat all of us as if we are freak show and in cages. We aren't human beings to at MTV whatsoever. The first screenshot of the custody episode, someone posted photoshopping a hand mark on my arm. The other screenshots are pictures I've taken of myself from the same episode, and there aren't any hand marks. Once they treat me with respect, I'll be back. If they don't, I'll be happy with the life I've got. I told them this last night. Hashtag married life. Hashtag MIA. Kissy face or lips emoji. Peace sign emoji. I... Basically, Janelle's starting to quit the show, but she's not going to fucking do it because why would she? (laughs) Why would she quit this show? Also, she says probably. So Janelle also posted some tweets that she, I mean, uh, texts that she had with Morgan Morgan J. Freeman, the executive producer. So she says, let me ask you, are you sitting there crying in front of your daughter because of someone filming something about you? Which, by the way, Janelle's go-to thing is always, like, you're making me cry. Like, no one cares, Janelle. Morgan says, hurts to hear all this because it's not true. We want the best for you. You have a complicated life, and we do our best to strike a balance. We have been through this time and time, and I know many times you locked us out of fun stuff. You know it's true. So it cuts both ways. But we do our absolute best in what you give us to be honest and accurate to strike the balance. So then Janelle also tweeted, or excuse me, Janelle also posted on Instagram, MTV has done a great job this time. I watched last night's episode at 2 p.m. yesterday afternoon and have been very upset ever since. I deactivated my accounts mainly because I don't want to, to even begin to read the comments. Here texts me explaining that subtitling my son when he has speech therapy isn't right at all, but MTV feels the need to keep it in their story and out the subtitle. What? Janelle can't type. 
to keep it in there sorting out this and put the subtitle in feed me. I've blocked all my producers numbers. I will not stand for the negative shit anymore. I'll be off social media for a while to be focusing solely on my family at MTV. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine like producing or being on a show and blocking all of production's phone numbers. <laughs> I also am obsessed with her hashtagging married life after people are like literally concerned that David's beating her to death. Okay, Janelle. But yeah, my overall thoughts were that, I mean, people were literally saying on Twitter that David dragged Kaiser and both his feet were lifted off the ground and he threw him. Like, that's not what happened. The hard part about watching that scene is that you know David and Janelle are not good parents and they're not nurturing and comforting parents. So watching them curse at Kaiser and be rough with him is extra upsetting because we know there's a custody hearing. We know Ensley tested positive for drugs at birth. We know Jace fucking hates David. We know Jace is stressed. And it's like the accumulation of everything that makes it upset. But the fact is that's not what CPS is for. You don't call CPS on what we saw. All you're doing is clogging up CPS's system. But this is what the Janelle Twitter haters do. That's what they've always done. It's really, it's exhausting. I almost feel bad for Janelle, but... um. I'll stick it almost. <laughs> I'll stick it almost feeling bad for her. David is fucking her life up and she's allowing him to. I think she wouldn't really care about the last scene if it wasn't David and if people were just mad at her. I think the only reason she cares is because she wants people to believe that she and David have this perfect life, which we all know they do not. So yeah, thanks Janelle for a good episode. I mean, should I be glad that we saw an episode of drama with Janelle being accused that ended up with Janelle being accused of abusing her child like maybe not but what are we all doing here we all watch this fucking show the show has been about drug use and domestic violence and child abuse since the fucking jump you know I saw people a million people Nate's girlfriend going in which like suck my dick Ashley oh my god guys I'm so obsessed with her she's been tweeting all week about how Nate is a perfect father and he's so amazing And no kids love their dad as much as they love Nate. And how it's the most passionate relationship she's ever had. Oh, I'm so obsessed with her. But everybody's hashtagging save Kaiser, boycott MTV. And it's just so silly because they don't... I'm convinced one of the main reasons the show is still in the air because their ratings aren't that great. is because of the social media engagement. And they can show to advertisers the social media engagement which is large, robust, and active. Do large and robust mean the same thing in that context? I think so. That was probably repetitive. But it's fucking active. And every fucking Save Kaiser hashtag and Boycott MTV hashtag is just another day this show is going to be on air. If you truly have a problem with the way that this was portrayed and feel that you can no longer participate in this show anymore, I urge you all not only to stop watching the show, but to stop talking about it online in any way, shape, or form, and to probably stop listening to my podcast. Although, I'm sure MTV isn't even aware this fucking exists. <laughs> but still, I'm just so sick of, like, this fandom's moral outrage when it's always been a disgusting show since day one, and you fully participate in it, and now you want to act like you're above it. I'm not here for it. Alright, let's go to Brianna, but I'm going to take a five-second break. So Brianna had very short segments this week, but 
I thought they were interesting. Everybody had interesting segments. So it's 4.30 a.m. and the whole fucking family is up, including Nova. And they're talking shit about Lewis. And Lewis still hasn't explained why they left in the middle of the night. Why he left in the middle of the night. And it's like, yeah, probably because it's 4.30 a.m. and he's fucking sleeping. (laughs) So he texts her that he doesn't like being told what to do. And that he's only going to come during the day. Okay. Lewis is a fucking loser, but what could we all expect? Roxanne lets us know that she thinks he's a coward. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel so frustrated watching the De Jesus woman because I'm like, what do they want from him? And I know what they want. They want Lewis to be there and to be an active father. But that's, the reality is he's not that. So wouldn't they rather he just get the fuck out of their way if he's making everybody feel uncomfortable? They think he's a bum. They think he's a coward. They think he's a douchebag. They think he's a fucking loser. So why is he here? What's the point? Why don't we just kick him out? Why don't you just not have him around? And then you guys can all just like focus on taking care of Stella. I think that they need somebody around to bitch at. Also, I understand this baby is two days old. It's very fresh. I would be talking shit too. It's just, it's just frustrating for me to watch because on one hand, I feel like they knew that this was what he was going to do. And on the other hand, they're so mad at him for doing it, even though they knew it, it, even though they knew it was what he was going to do. We get a really funny scene of Stella shitting all over their brand new couch and all over Brianna herself. And... Brittany says, your kids are shitty. And this is, okay, I want to say something. So I've seen some speculation that, you know, the day Jesus women are miserable, they hate men, they just want to keep everybody away. And I really don't think this is the case. Like, there's a lot of love and a lot of laughter in their house that I personally enjoy seeing and watching. I will say something I, like, really like about having them on Team Mom is it's a close family unit that of course has its faults but we really don't see them fighting with each other often and even when they do Brittany will be like mom shut the fuck up stop it they really don't fight with one another a lot and there's so much love like when they were all hysterically laughing it really like grew my Grinch heart three sizes there's just something endearing about watching all of them interact with one another they are really there for each other and yeah I fucking hate that they talk about uh, Devon and Lewis in front of Nova. I hate, I just hate the way they talk shit about everybody, all the men in their lives. It's just so unproductive. But it is heartwarming to see them kind of taking care of each other and being there for each other. And you know they're genuinely best friends and they love each other. And that's, that's rewarding. And we don't really have that in any other family units on this show. We definitely don't have it with Janelle. With Leah, she has her sister and her mom, but I don't know. It doesn't read on camera that way. We know we don't have it with Kale. And Chelsea, we, like, kind of have it, but it's a lot more of, like, a traditional family unit. And Randy and her do have a great relationship, and he is a good father to her and a great grandfather to Aubrey and now Watson. But there's just something unique and special about watching Brianna, Nova, and Brittany, like, interact with each other. And the way that they take care of Stella, Stella and Nova together, I just, I personally, I just love to watch it. And I think that's a big, it's so silly in that, like, meet Brianna or catching up with Brianna special they played at the beginning of the season. Like, they did say something about that. Like, 
you guys have a unique situation that we're not already showing and it's the three of you and we like to watch the three of you and now towards i you know i thought like two weeks ago would be the season finale but (laughs) we're still going um (laughs) we're still here but it has to be wrapping up towards the end of the season i do agree with mtv on that and that there is something unique to them not necessarily unique to regular life but unique to mtv and i i am enjoying watching that so we find out that lewis sent a text that he was coming over but then he said his car wasn't starting so he had to go get an oil change and brianna's just so frustrated and she starts crying and she's like i just i don't understand like this is why i wanted to do adoption because i knew he wouldn't be here he was like not into it he wouldn't let me do it he said he'd be here and he's not and this is exactly wanted to why i wanted to get give this baby up and she of course has a very good point a very realistic point i 100 percent agree with her i just still don't buy that she would have give, would have given that baby up even if lewis agreed to it i just don't buy it i just don't think she would have done it she that baby had a name once you that baby has a name i think princess said that on my episode but once your baby has a name like you're not You're not giving it up for adoption. It's just not realistic. You love that baby. Just, I just still don't buy that that was ever a real plan for Brianna. I think I've said this on the podcast. I don't think it was a fake storyline. I think Brianna, like, was pretending to consider it. But in her heart, she knew she was not giving the baby up for adoption. Brie starts crying because she's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And Roxanne, going back to what I was saying about how, like, I love watching them together. Like, Roxanne is a tough bitch. Like, she's always giving people shit. She frustrates me. But, you know what? She sat there and she said, you can do this. We can do this. We have this. We are going to get this done. And Brianna's really lucky that way. She's really lucky. Her mom, Roxanne gave her a really nice pep talk. I really, I thought that scene was encouraging. And Lewis never shows up. And I, I would be surprised if we see Lewis at all again this season. I think that was MTV's way of letting us know, like, Lewis is done. And I do feel bad for Brianna. You guys know I've been extremely vocal about the fact that she should have known this would happen. She should have had the abortion. But I can't imagine being two days postpartum and, like, begging my baby daddy to, like, come to my house and help. It, the, that's a sad situation. So Brianna wakes up and Stella's hands and feet were blue and she was breathing weirdly. So the doctor tells her that she has to take her to the ER, of course. And Nova says, I'm really worried about Stella, which is cute, and starts crying. But Brie and Roxanne take uh, Stella to the ER. And when they're in the car, Brie is, like, texting Lewis, like, I'm taking your daughter to the hospital because she can't breathe. And Roxanne's like, well, if he doesn't respond, we'll have to kick his ass. (laughs) Yeah, we will. (laughs) Uh, that was, so yeah, we didn't really get much, but I still thought it was interesting. I thought it was a good little scene. This is the downfall of the five girl format that three of the girls are going to get a ton of screen time and two of the girls are not, you know, I still think we should just ditch Chelsea. I, I still think it, I still believe it. Okay. Where should we go next? Should we go to Kale? Let's go to Kale. Kale had a surprisingly, like, drama was happening, but I feel like we didn't see a ton. Does that make sense? 
So we find out that Kale booked a trip for her and the boys because it's the last week she can travel because of the pregnancy and they're going to St. Thomas. Now, this trip was very controversial online and got a lot of heat. Kale has been calling her pregnancy extremely high risk for the whole time. She wasn't wearing a seatbelt ever this whole time she was pregnant and told people online it was because her doctor told her not to because she was so high risk and it would be dangerous for the baby for her to wear a seatbelt. And then she hops on a plane at seven months and flies to St. Thomas, where there is Zika. Now, not that much is known about Zika and the effects on it if you're already seven months pregnant. It's still, you know, new. I was going to say exciting, but it's not exciting. But I know a lot of women going on baby moons, which is basically what Kale did, and a lot of women traveling. And they are going to places where Zika is not a possibility. They're going to California. They're going to Hawaii. They're going to the west coast of Florida. Basically, they're avoiding all places where Zika is a risk factor. Not Kaylee. So people were like, uh, bitch, why are you going to somewhere where there's Zika? And Kale said that her doctor said that it didn't matter. And that it was fine for her to go. <laughs> Which, of course nobody believed because nobody believes when she says these things ever i think kale just lies and i kind of understand why she does it but kale has a real inability to how should i explain this kale has a real inability to ignore the haters but also does not want to tell anybody online the truth about her life so she just lies to make people shut up but it doesn't make people shut up it makes them dig deeper and deeper into it I just decided to look up Kale's exact response, which I can't find. And, you know, I'd have to correct myself because I was wrong that people weren't so concerned about Zika in St. Thomas. They were really concerned about Zika in Puerto Rico, which is a vacation she went on right before the boys, the one she went with the boys, that they didn't show on MTV, that she supposedly went on by herself, but most think, people think she probably went with Chris. I can't believe they didn't show that. I think MTV was there filming, but I forgot that she did that. She went on, before she went to St. Thomas, she went to Puerto Rico by herself. So she took two trips in her supposedly very high-risk pregnancy to Zika-infested locations. Hmm, I don't, it, it's just, Kale makes choices that are hard to understand, at least in my opinion. <laughs> So they were supposed to have child support custody court this week, the coming week, but Javi said he would drop it. And <laughs> Javi FaceTimes with his friend and Javi's, they're talking about Lincoln and how big he is. And he's like, yeah, I'm always in my feelings at night over it, <laughs> which just cracked me the fuck up because Javi is such a Drake stan and I feel like his name should be Javi. I'm always in my feelings at night, Marquin. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name. So he and his friend are talking and they're talking about the child support case and Javi admits that he only filed the child support case because he was pissed off about the PFA and the bullshit PFA. He doesn't want it on his record and he and his friend actually say out loud and agree that he does not need child support from Kale. <laughs> I mean, it's so spiteful. It's so spiteful and awful. I really, I feel bad for Lincoln. By the way, they were together promoing Marriage Bootcamp this week in New York, and I'm 100% sure those two fuck. I think they were fucking during her pregnancy. I think Kale hates Javi probably 88% of the time, and the 12% of the time that she doesn't hate him and isn't repulsed by him, they're having sex. It's just a feeling I have. 
I feel that way about Jeremy and Leah, too, in case you were wondering about who I think still has sex. <laughs> so Javi brings Lincoln home, and they have a little talk, and Kale's like, so did he tell you about the trip? And Javi's like, no, I don't know anything about the trip, which is kind of weird. I understand it's her week, but you would think you would let the dad know, like, I'm taking your kid not out of the country because it's the U.S. Virgin Islands, but out of the continental U.S. You know, God forbid Lincoln got hurt and she called and was like, we're in the hospital, but it's the hospital in St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands. Hmm. That would be, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a co-parent, so I don't understand, but you would think anything that requires like an airplane ride or like a major travel day would be sent via text, like, hey, we're going here just so you know where we are. But Javi says, well, your trip kind of fell on top of the child support case. And Kale's like, well, I thought you dropped it. And he's like, well, I didn't see any proof that you dropped the PFA. And Kale's like, well, why wouldn't I have dropped it? Like, we're talking, everything's fine. And Javi's like, okay, well, let me see proof that you dropped the PFA and I'll drop the child support. The way these two use the courts is fucking, it's insane. It's really insane. And Kale's like, all right, I'll go get the paperwork tomorrow. And I wonder if she really hadn't have dropped the paperwork, or excuse me, hadn't have dropped the PFA. I don't really understand why Kale, or Javi's lawyer wouldn't just call the courthouse and, like, get them to fax over the mandatory documents. It, it seems like this is much more of a complicated situation than it should have been. So Kale's friend comes over to the house the next day. And basically, Kale's giving a rundown. Like, Javi's giving me a hard time. Um, but I went to the courthouse this morning. I sent him a picture. The PFA is dropped. So I'm just waiting, and I haven't heard anything. And if we don't hear back, like, we're going to have to cancel my trip. And Kale says he's ruining the last family vacation. <laughs> oh, she's so dramatic, Kale. Like, she wants Javi to just... I think she wants Javi... To be like a ruiner so that she can be angry about Javi being a ruiner. So Kale calls Javi and he's like, yeah, I got the proof. I dropped the child support. You're good to go and they can go on their trip. And that's all for the episode. I just can't believe what an asshole Javi is. I mean, I can believe. It, it's wildly upsetting for me to see them use the court system in order to spite one another. I think most of us like to think that that's not something that happens in real life. But it is. It very much is, unfortunately. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Have a great week. Hope to see you in Chicago if you're around. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.